Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well, Peter really felt like we needed to go off to healing because we're going to preach the gospel, right? And Jesus always demonstrated first and then taught. Right. Well, and and we, I think I've, I've talked about this before, but we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, I came to you in weakness and feebleness and fear and trembling. Why? Because he had exchanged the gospel of power for one of words. One time, right? One time right. in Athens. And he's like, never again. I have determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's either all him Amen. or nothing. And, and that's the reason, again, why we pray so quickly. It's not our effort. It's not our sweat. It's his blood. <laughs> like, think about it this way. This is how they would get, they would do expiation for sins. You know how they would do it? Like, they would purify the sins of Israel. They would sprinkle blood. That is such hard labor. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. There was no... Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. That's how simple our prayers can be. Who can sprinkle? Welcome. Welcome to a life with sprinkles. (laughs) No, seriously, there is a simplicity. That's why Jesus said, unless you become as a little child. But oftentimes we've watched the professionals do it and we become, anybody watched a professional do it and you're like, "I I can't do that. That's not the gospel. The gospel is simplicity. Ah, all right. All right. Come on. All right. So guys, I've got great news for you who survived the last journey into Galatians. We're not doing that again. No, we're going into Galatians, but we're not doing two, two chapters of, of uh, Bible beating. Today, we're going to do about 10 verses and we're just going to, I know, I know you do. And I know you people who loved it. Uh, you came to me and you spoke to my soul and it was so good. Thank you. I was, I was like, Lord, I think I beat some people to death. And some people did need to be resurrected. Some people need it. Yes, and I know you. And so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love you. But I, I'm going to do it real quick. Just recap with some maps just to keep people happy. And then I know who you are. <laughs> my map people, they're like, yes, Lord. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to go, jump, we're going to do the last half of chapter two because I ran through it like a freight train and it's too good to be, to be done. All right, you guys ready? All right, so recap, we were talking about Paul. Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the go-getter, the most spiritual of all spiritual people. And uh, he went as a young man, studied, uh, moved from his city in Tarsus. If we can pull up that first map. He moved from Tarsus down to Jerusalem to study under the Einstein of spirituality at that time, Gamaliel. And then from there, uh, he was doing so well that he got to oversee his first stoning of Stephen. You know, he was, he was climbing the social ladder. And then after that, he said, listen, I really want to, I, I want to take the I want to take this on the road. And he went and chased the Christians to Damascus. And in the process of doing his level best to destroy Jesus' name on the earth, what happened? He met Jesus. I want you to know, whoever you're most afraid of in this world is this far from a Damascus road encounter. We cannot allow the demonstration of evil to prevent us from seeing the power of his blood and the power of an encounter.
And so in that place, he comes to know Jesus. Again, he preaches Jesus in Damascus. Uh, it doesn't go well for him because he still has the social skills <laughs> of, a, of a persecutor. And they run him out of town. Anyway, he spends three months, three years in Petra, growing in the Lord, out in Arabia, growing in the Lord, comes back, visits with Peter, ends up, he's back home in Tarsus. All of that just to come home. Anybody been in that? You're, maybe you're in a back home season. You're like, I went around. I was somebody. I could have been a contender. And now you're back home. You're like, 14 years in Tarsus. Why? Because do you know the biggest trees grow the slowest? The strongest trees grow the slowest. And so we can either have deep growth or we can have quick growth. We can have flashy growth or we can have deep growth. And there in Tarsus, he began to reach out because the Jews were a radical minority in that culture. And he reaches out to the, all the, the people passing by. They're, they were on the main road they, um, to the Gentiles. But anybody here, you feel like where I'm at, God can never find me. Right? Nobody can find me to promote me. I have a gift that the world needs, but nobody will ever know because I'm just stuck away in this wherever. He was on the back of beyond, but God found him. Peter tells us, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in what? In due season, he will exalt you. If we exalt ourselves, we have to keep doing it. But if he does it, he will lift you up. And so that's what happens. He gets called to Antioch. And from there, they said, because we see that you have a heart for the Gentiles. Nothing in his life as a Pharisee said, you're going to reach the Gentiles. The only way he was going to reach them was with a rock. Your past does not define your future. Your past has nothing necessarily to do with the calling of God on your life. But I, I have all these gifts. Do you know God didn't use any of those gifts with Paul? All of his, I'm the best Jew on the block. And it was it like all of his Chuck E. Cheese coupons were useless. No, I remember, I remember when we, I, I had a bunch of Chuck E. Cheese coins in, in our drawer. You know, if you have a little kid, you know the suffering. Anyway, and I kept them and I was like, oh, I'll redeem them. I walk in one day, they changed them for these electronic cards. All these coins are useless. I watched that. All of his being a good Jewish boy coins were useless for the gospel. God didn't need his Chuck E. Cheese coins. And so from there, he goes with Barnabas. Barnabas is tender, loving, cuddly. Paul is not. God isn't going to necessarily partner you with somebody who's identical to you, or that'd be redundancy. Marriages, partnerships, whatever. He brings together people with compatibility does not mean being identical. It means able to uh, fill up what is lacking in each other. Anyway, so from there, he goes on his first missionary trip. And his first stop there was in Cyprus. I didn't mention this. He, you know, he had an amazing ministry in Cyprus. You guys remember? He called down blindness on the sorcerer. That is like the best form of outreach. Why do you think he did that? It worked for me. God never repeats himself, by the way. It, the proconsul did not come to know Jesus because his source were got. In fact, he told him, please leave. Just because something works doesn't mean it's God's best. 
So he, from there, he moves on. They go up, and he, and he hits this area, Sidian, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. Why? This is the area of Galatia. And so that he comes back home. This is AD 48. The next trip, he does another mission trip in about a year and a half, two years later. And he look, he goes through the same area again. Huh. And then he does a third trip in 53. Three years later, oh, he's going through the same area again. He, this, Siri, this place in Galatia, he was there more often than any other. Why? Probably because it was connected. The people from Galatia passed through his town. He, he had a connection. Um, he, even as he become, became greater and greater, he realized that he had a unique call to this area. And that's why part of the reason why this book is so seminal, because it's in his heart. So the book of Galatians, I said this last week, is probably, is almost certainly the first book of the New Testament that was written. And it was probably written either between the first and second or the second and third trip. Why? Why did he write this? Because what had happened is he went away. He was like, you guys got it? And they're like, we got it. And he's like, all right, all right, yay, wow. He taught them for a little while, came home. And then he gets letters. And the letters, anybody known somebody who got really on fire for Jesus? And then you ran into him later and you couldn't even recognize him? He was like, where did you joy go? What happened? What happened to you? Because while he was gone, some super apostles, super teachers came in to take the Galatians to the next level. Wasn't that nice of them? And so uh, what, what, where did these super apostles, where did these teachers come from? Let me go into this real quick. This is a really important background. And I'll, get, I'll tell you the end from the beginning. The reason is because nothing has changed in 2,000 years. All right, you guys ready? So if we can pull up the next one. There were two dueling schools of thought in Judaism, and they're still here today. See if you can spot them. There will be a test later, okay? All right, the first one is the Sadducees. Yep, the Sadducees were the people who controlled the temple worship, but they were also extremely pragmatic, like, they were like, do whatever it takes to get ahead. They were in bed with the Roman Empire. They, they, um, they were, oh, I've got, I've got a little sheet to keep myself straight because I've got too many things I don't want to. Uh, so they were, they were, where, which one did I do? There we go. Awesome. So the Sadducees on one side and then the Pharisees on the other. The Sadducees controlled things in Jerusalem. They had the money, they had the power. They, all they cared was, does it work? Does it work? Results. All they cared about is results. The Pharisees, they were primarily where Jesus was from, Galilee. And they, all they cared about was being right. Right in every sense of the word. Anybody know somebody like that? Like they're like, they're, their number one goal in every situation is to be right, even when they're wrong. Oh, who, I was talking to somebody uh, this week and he said, I realize as a kid, I remember having arguments and halfway through I realize I'm wrong, but there's no way I'm giving up. <laughs> I'm gonna be right, regardless. Right, 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 right? And so the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the goal the goal is to, you know, Pharisees is just, man, make it work. So they dumbed the Bible down just to the first five books. We're like, we can do that. And then the Pharisees, they're like, we need more and more and more and more and more rules. They're like, oh, uh, 10 commandments, too small. 213 commandments, too small. Let's jack it to 600. And in some cases, up to 2,000 commandments. Like, 
They're like, we, we just want to be right. All right. Um, and then, but the, re- the thing is, is again, the, the way they do that. So this is the goal. The goal is to be right. And that means like right behavior. And that also means right thought. Or belief. Doesn't matter if you actually have fruit. It doesn't matter if the things in the Bible actually show up in your life as long as you, you believe the right thing and don't do bad things. Anybody know that? You've experienced? No? Okay, awesome. So the goal though, but what's the means? The means, how you achieve it, right? The means for the Sadducees, so they were really into Greek thought. And so they really, under cover of darkness, what they loved was secret knowledge, Tricks, think magic, secret knowledge, and tricks. Just make it work. I don't care how it works. Over here on the Pharisees, what did they like? What do you think they liked? Rules and steps, huh? And laws. Yeah, just tell me. I, so, secret knowledge, tricks, magic, steps, and I would say tricks too. You know why? That's why they came up with all those extra laws to keep from breaking the other laws. (laughs) They're like, they call it making a hedge, building a fence around the law so you couldn't accidentally stumble on the law. All right, there's not enough rules in our lives. Let's have more. And so the result of this whole thing was that for the Sadducees, this, whatever it is right in front of me, is what matters. Just right, might makes right. Just get it done. Whatever it takes, this, whatever it is, it matters. How, what does it take for me to be healed? Fine. Uh, I will, uh, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. Well, I, I can't give that one. Never mind. Uh, Pharisees. The Pharisees, though, none of this matters. Why do you think I say none of this matters? The law is all that matters. You don't matter. Love doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We all die and go to be with Jesus. He wants us apparently. I don't know why. That's what the the Pharisee, none of this matters except as a way to be right. Anybody see these available today? So the Sadducees really are, I would say, new age. And honestly, some forms, forgive me, of the charismatic movement. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm a child of it as well, but, but what do you mean by that? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you believe. Just do this and magic and it'll be done. Okay, this is the one. Okay, I'm not going to make eye contact. I, I don't know of anybody in the church that has done this, so I, I don't have to... Um, uh, I don't have to, uh, but I've seen, I've heard this one make the rounds for at least 30 years now. If you have a child who is away from the Lord and they come to visit, you put uh, anointing oil on their pillow and they will come to know Jesus. <laughs> now we laugh, we laugh because on the outset you see how magical it is. But in desperation, whatever it takes, get it done. 
I'm sick, I'm hurting. And we will all end up being sad, juicy. Anybody? Anybody? I've done, I've been there. I'll do anything. I don't care. Just get it. Just deal with this issue. Right? The Pharisees say, just shut up and die already. <laughs> Suck it up, little camper. Right? The Pharisees are like, all that matters is being right. Even when you're wrong, be right. You know? And so, so a lot of times you see the Pharisees will end up being in poverty and justify their poverty as holiness. And the Sadducee will do whatever it takes to become wealthy and justify their, it by their wealth. You see it? You see it? Anybody feel like this a problem? So Paul goes away. Paul goes away and goes, you guys know Jesus? Yeah, we know Jesus. Jesus wonderful? Yes. Awesome. Goes away and he finds out, in come these super apostles. Now the super apostles for the Sadducees and the Greek thought came out of Alexandria. And they, they literally had schools where they train up these teachers, kind of like those online schools you know, where they'll, uh, they'll say, come to this training and we'll get, make you a top level coach for with thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of clients in three days, right? It's kind of like that. People go to the school, they get trained, and then they go out and they'd be able to go into all these synagogues and get paid to be teachers. Super. And the reason is they had secrets. They had tricks. Higher levels. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. There are no higher levels. Seriously, seriously. You can tell when you're listening to this spirit because they say, oh, you know the problem is? You don't know the Hebrew. Oh, you know what the problem is? You don't fully understand. Um, you don't understand the 33 levels of demons that are out there. But if you know their names and you call them out, yeah. No, oh yeah, oh we don't, oh man, you don't know how pray for kidneys. Okay. That's like three dances to the right. <laughs> Blow the shofar to the left. Yeah. To the left, to the left, to the left. <laughs> no, no, but it's magic. It's magic. Do you see the magic of it? Because, and so on the Pharisees side though, they come in and they go, oh, you didn't realize guys. Oh, you became believers in Jesus. Well, you guys know Jesus was circumcised, right? <laughs> Welcome to the altar call. Oh, you know what? I know Jesus died for everything, but there's a couple things we need to sort out for you. That's the sign of the Pharisee. Oh, don't worry. You just need to add a few more things. Yes, you need to do a little, just a little bit more. It's wicked. It always asks more than the blood of Jesus provides for. And that's why the gospel, Jesus, is in the middle. Jesus is a better way. These are both, these are both ditches. And anybody here, anybody here look like a drunk driver on a Friday night? Zinging from one ditch to another? I am going to be right. I'm going to be right. Oh, I can never be right. Forget it. I'm, I'm just going to get it done. I'm just going to get it done. I can't get it done. I'm just going to be right. I'm just going to get it done. I give up. <laughs> Some of you people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Keep it between the navigational beacons. Jesus. Jesus is a better way. 
Both of these, everybody's offended. That's true. Okay, both of these are the Tower of Babel. They're an attempt to climb up to heaven. They're an attempt to get, to pay for what Jesus has already paid for. To by our works, our own effort, by secret knowledge. Look at these. They both are, it starts out with know the right thing, do the thing, and get the stuff. Know whatever the secret knowledge or those secret rules are. Then from there, do, there's something you have to do. And once you do it, poof, the genie shows up. I mean, Jesus, sorry. You do not have to conjure him. You don't have to beg him. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were enemies of God in our own mind, Jesus said, I want them. He came from heaven to earth. He did everything to have you. He's not letting go. You can't get rid of him that easy. <laughs> and so in this place, in this place, what is, what is the gospel? The goal is right relationship with God. Now, you know, we talk about this a bunch, 2 Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given us what? Everything we need for what? Life and godliness, being like God in this life through what? Through the knowledge, intimate knowledge, relationship with God. It's not a one and done. It's not you turn in your lottery ticket and take the money and run. It's through relationship. You're struggling with darkness in your mind? Go to Jesus. It's relationship with Jesus. You're struggling with stuff in your body? Go to Jesus. It's through relationship, right relationship. How do we get right with God? Jesus. It's simply say, Jesus, I can't. Nothing I do is enough. And no tricks are going to work. I give up. Jesus! It's got to be you, your life, your power, your might, your purity, your power in my life. That's the only thing that will be enough. It's you. And Jesus said, I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, the image God gave me years ago was this. You and I are like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari Testarossa for those who prefer. And you're a Lamborghini. You're an amazing car. Power. You are made. It says that he has works prepared for us in advance to do. He designed us for greatness. He's way better than Ferrari. Yeah. He's a great designer. And he looked at you and he goes, hmm, you know what the world needs? It needs, it, it, it. oh, it needs a Molly. We need Molly. We need a Molly right there, a beautiful Molly to display my glory. Oh, no, 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 no. We need, we need a Greg. Yes, a little Greg right there. He looked at the world and he said, what it lacks is you. So he designed you for perfection. But the reality is a car, at least at this point in time, is of no use without what? Fuel. Without, well, the dryer. You are, let's say you're in the driver's seat, but there's no fuel. See, we, it's through knowing, present tense, the fire, the power, his life. He designed you for things, but guess what? Without fuel, it's just a very large paperweight. And an expensive one at that. And what happened? If out of that right relationship with, he makes us right. And out of that right, like connecting the plug in the socket, all of a sudden the power of God is there to do what? The will of God. The will of God. And so the thing is, is the Pharisees say, God demands that you do the right thing. 
don't do bad things. And God says, I wouldn't do bad things because they turn out badly, really. I'm just saying. Uh, anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You tried those things because they said, don't do it. And you're like, well, it must be good then, right? And then you found out, who? <laughs> like sweet on the front end and really sour on the back, right? In that, Jesus says, no. In fact, though, the thing is, is you and I couldn't keep ourselves enough from doing right. But guess what? Have you ever tried to balance a bike while it's not moving? Don't. But how easy is it to balance a bike when it's moving? As you and I begin to move in the grace and calling, his life begins to flow through us. You f- we find that he changes our very desires. Yeah. Another picture I've had with these three tracks is that the middle track is the, um, what is the word, escalator. Yeah. Moving up. And these two guys are moving down. So you can pretend like you are making upward progress. <laughs> By running really, really fast, by paddling really, really hard, right? But it's going to take a lot of effort. Come on. A lot of effort. You're going to get tired. And here is this track where I can just put my suitcase and trust in Jesus. (laughs) He is carrying me up. And here are people beside me. I'm like, wow, they're expending a lot of energy. Like it really, and it looks good, right? Because like they're really working for it. <laughs> they're doing it, right? But it's like, wow, they're just really not going to last. No, it's not maintainable. <laughs> it's not maintainable. And that's where this whole roller coaster, roller, roller coaster, roller coaster. Yes, that too. Christianity comes in. People who will run really, really hard, yeah. but get really, really tired because it takes a lot of energy. <sighs> That kind of lifestyle, both of these lifestyles, either the levels and devils and the oil, you know, whatever, the, yeah, yeah, you know, the blowing and this, you know, whatever, the anointing, (laughs) whatever your thing is, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Takes a lot of work, both of those camps, and you will get tired. And there are a lot of people here who are tired. And I have a better news for you. (laughs) Come on, come on. You can step out of this rat race of trying to get to heaven, running against the wind, running against the stream. You can just step into trust. Where a prayer is 24-7, but it doesn't look like right? It's not this constant, right? It's like he's in my every thought. (laughs) Masha and I are constantly (laughs) asking each other, are we still saved? (laughs) Because this is too easy. This is too easy. Like, we're like, like, I look at people are, and I'm like, and, and, Jesus will ask, and Jesus will ask me, he goes, well, Peter, when you were, when you were squeezing that out, he said, did anything good come out? I'm like, well, no, but it looked good. He said, do you have fruit today? I was like, yeah. He said, well, there you go. But the problem is, you know what happens when you do everything through grace? You can't take any credit. (laughs) Boo his. It's because I'm awesome. That's why. And so we laugh all the time. We're like, oh, my word. How did we end up in such religious profession? (laughs) (laughs) When we hate religion so much. Because Jesus put it this way in in, uh, Matthew 23, 4. He said to the Pharisees, you bind up burdens for people and don't lift a finger to help them carry it. And I've done that. I've done that. 
But watch this, watch this. Jesus actually was, see, if you don't understand the gospel, you'll think Jesus actually was a Pharisee. Here's why. Remember what he said when the rich young ruler came to him. And he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Who who are my teacher's pet people? I was one. Right, you you say the right thing. You're like, I know the right question. Oh, teacher, (laughs) what must I do to inherit eternal life? See? And Jesus goes, oh, keep the Ten Commandments. He's like, I've done all those. I'm perfect. Is there a higher level? Is there a higher level? (laughs) Jesus goes, oh, yeah. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. What did Jesus do? He really said, oh, you want to do rules? Let's take it to 11. He wasn't talking about a lifestyle whereby by uh, selling everything, you somehow become righteous. He wasn't saying that. He was saying, what you don't understand is you think you can. And you can't. He said, to the, he said unless your f- righteousness far surpees, surpasses, surpees, uh, <laughs> surpasses that of the Pharisees, give it up. And he, what he's saying is, Pharisees, give it up. Why? Because it's out of this right relationship that guess what happens effortlessly? Right behavior. That's what we usually think of righteousness is right behavior. But righteous, right behavior without right relationship produces the fruit of hell right here. Anybody know some self-righteous people? Don't nudge. No, self-righteous people are secretly full of what? He said, dead men's bones. Rage, anger. Because you have to hold it together on your own. And it's a lot of work, you all. It's a lot of work, right? But when we have right relationship, Papa, what do you want me to do? Because guess what? Whatever God is telling me to do, he provides the power in life to do. And then it's fun. Just like, uh, how about I drive the car? You don't know what to do with 12 gears. Like, that's true. And oh my gosh, this is so much more fun this way. Life becomes fun. We do things and people go, I could never do that. And we go, I know, I couldn't either. (sighs) But I'll tell you one of the ways, this is just side note, but for me, one of the ways I have walked in the gospel and then gotten out of it is when people came and they loved the fruit of my life. And I was like, you're right, I did do that. (laughs) And I immediately stepped out of grace into works because now it's up to me to maintain what God gave for free. Anybody been there with me? Where are my people? You know what I'm talking about. So right behavior, but guess what? and, And so it also produces supernatural fruit. Supernatural. Supernatural fruit. What is, so we always talk about this. The first level of fruit is not miracles. Why? Because rivers flow from where? From the inside out. Miracles are out there. What's the fruit in here? Fruit of the Spirit. So some of you guys saw my uh, a video I did on Friday about fear. Because Thursday night, I, uh, I had a, a really great conversation with the devil. It was really edifying. Um, but I thought I was being smart. Who, who are my people? You think you're being smart and suddenly you find you're talking to the devil. Um, and I went to this place of fear because of a bunch of things that are happening in our nation. And I was and God goes, hey, this is what he asked me. What's the fruit? Fear, terror, despair, hatred, um, <laughs> violence. Uh, yeah, are those fruits of the Spirit? Could they be? No. And in that moment, I realized either I let the fruit of hell go 
Or I step back and say, Jesus, what do you say? He says, I will keep you no matter what. I will hold you. No one can take you out of my hand. Right? So supernatural fruit. And out of that, then guess what? His love compels us to do works. Supernatural. Like to call out words of knowledge that nobody responds to. His love compels you. But guess what? It also covers your little, little pathetic little heart. So that you're not hurt in the process. And so in the process, love compels me. And guess what? It produces supernatural fruit. When works compel me, guys, remember the sons of seven sons of Sceva who left in their skeevies, right? They were, they were, they were Sadducees. They tried to do the magic to drive out demons and they themselves got driven out of the house naked. Why? Because when we try to do things through tricks, we always end up naked. It always ends up revealing that we have nothing. Supernatural fruit. But, and the result is that everything matters to God. Matters to God. This is an important thing. To God. But we'll listen. But only what he is talking about presently matters to me. I can't write all that. What I mean by that is I live, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what happens is in this place, guys, anybody been on the internet lately? There's like 5,000 things to be worried about. Which one should you be worried about? According to Jesus, none. But let me change the language. But which of these should you focus on? The one he is talking to you about. You might be called to politics, but you should be able to do it full of supernatural fruit. You should be able to do it full of the joy and the peace and love of God. You should not be terrified, right? But in fact, what should I focus on? Listen, I, I'm a, I'm a, sometimes I'm a good father. I've learned this with dealing with our daughter. I can't talk to her about multiple things at the same time. Yeah. Anybody here tried to correct two behaviors in a child at once? <laughs> you end up correcting none. none. One thing. Look me in the eye. We're going to talk about one thing. Right, right. One thing. Keep it simple, right? And God goes, and so many times when I'm parenting my daughter, he'll go, and you being evil. <laughs> How much more me? right? There's a simplicity. And God will be like, let's talk about this. Well, what about that? We'll deal with it later. But, but okay. Right? There's a simplicity that happens. And so this is the gospel. This is the gospel that we live not climbing up to heaven, but we live from heaven to earth. Slip and slide of his power and mercy and might. And then we can bring all of heaven to earth. Anybody found this earth might need a little bit of heaven? Just a little bit, right? In that moment, we get to be the ones who get to bring, not because we have all the answers, but because we have the answer. Not because we are better than everybody else. Not because we're scared of everybody else, but because we've got what they want. I will finally say this. Do you, I'm gonna say something a What is happening today in politics was birthed in the church. 
Do you know where legalism comes from? It comes from the church. Do you know the most legalistic of the far left are all former Christians? They learned it from us. I, at one point in my life, spent a, far, a fair amount of time on the fringes of what you would call the left or whatever. And I can tell you this, they learned it. They learned judgment, accusation, domination, control, and legal, le- living legally from us, from the church. They didn't learn love. Why do you think they demand it? Because it was demanded of them. See, this demands, don't you dare sin or I will hit you. This is, don't sin because it hurts. Don't sin because I've provided for you to be healed and whole. The Pharisee demands you be right, but gives you no power to be right. That's why the world's like, oh, you're going to demand us to be right? Well, then we're going to change the rules and demand you to be like us. See, we have no power to be what you have told us we have to be. But Jesus says, I provide for you. We've demanded, but we've given them no grace, no power to do it. But he gives all power. We've been afraid of their sin, so we've condemned it. When their own sin condemns them, they don't need help. Nobody always sin. And so what do we do? When that happens, we tell them, keep, hide it, hide it, hide it, till they can't hide it anymore, at which point they come screaming out with legalism, condemnation, and hatred. They learned it from the church. They are not the enemy. They are not the enemy. Jesus died for them. Paul said, I'm the worst of sinners. And he made a good shot for it. Um, just to kind of bring this, um, I had a conversation you know, maybe a year ago with one lady who was um, just um, struggling how it's not um, kind of us to say that because... Okay, certain I behaviors are certain sin. behaviors are sin, or like um, yeah, sexual confusion is sin. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever. And that because in this camp it is not right to say, but over here I said because I see legs grow out, I can say that Jesus can change someone's heart and someone's preferences and clear up confusion. But see, if we, that's why it was so important for us to see healing first today. Because it's not a gospel of works. It's a gospel of his work on the cross. It is his power. The same power that can heal a back, heal hips, can heal kidneys, please. Yes. <laughs> that same power raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And will... Listen, we'll heal, we'll destroy addiction. Yeah, come on. You may say, I have wired my own brain by my behavior. Well, Jesus can unwire it. Yeah, that's it. You may say, I'm wired by what happened to me in this trauma. You might say, I'm wired this way because of what my parents did to me. I'm wired this way because of what happened in the womb. I don't care. Mm -hmm. His blood speaks a better word. This is it. But when we demand what we don't provide, Uh 
we have become a Pharisee. If we could have the worship team come up. And I stand before you as a leader in myself, but also in the space of leaders, because we've all suffered under leaders who've asked, demanded of us what we did not provide. And I want to stand before you and say in any way that I have demanded of you something that I didn't connect you to Jesus to provide, forgive me. It was never his heart, but he always, Jesus is always providing what you need for life and being like him in this earth. Let's stand. Father, I just thank you that every single one of us have areas of our lives where it either isn't working or we're not measuring up. Areas of shame and guilt, either because of, of moral failure or, or life failure or relationship failure or financial failure or failure with kids or wherever. And Lord, we say we cannot forgive us for attempting our own power through tricks and, and, and online whatever to figure it out. We say to you, Lord, we surrender to you. Have your way in us, Lord. We're done trying in our own power, in our own strength, in our own ability. We ask you, Lord, come. You've purchased my life on the cross. Take my life now. Have it. It's yours.